Hello, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to all of our friends out there in podcast land. I'm your host, Jason Cox, and you have found the sports message. Thank you for tuning in. It's been a few weeks since uh, our last podcast. Uh, Christmas hit. I had some time out of the office here, and then the old COVID hit me, and so that took me out for a couple weeks as well. So it's it's good to get back with you. Today, we missed a lot of sports since the last time we talked. Today's going to be a truncated show. Um, just because I want to catch up on everything uh, quickly, and then there's just not a ton going on right now that I, that we usually hit on. And so, uh, so glad you've tuned in. Welcome to the show. We we, we love all of our listeners, and um, and so thanks for tuning in today. Just a quick recap of uh, Tennessee football. Um, of course, uh, last time we talked, we were headed into the Music City Bowl to play against Purdue. Of course, we ended up losing that game. Uh, in a whale of a game in the fourth quarter. Uh, really fun game to watch if you could take yourself out of being a Tennessee fan and the stress of that. But, um, you know, at, at the end of the day, and the further it's gotten uh, away from that, the, the more and more I kind of go back to what I said on the last podcast. These games don't matter that much unless you're in the playoffs. And, um, and so, therefore, Tennessee loses a game to Purdue. We feel like we probably should have won. They, two of their best players were sitting out. Uh, but, but at the end of the day, we knew going into the season that defense was going to be an Achilles heel for this team, and that showed up. We just couldn't get any stops. And our offense played uh, well, I would say above average. Uh, they were a little bit off. Even um, Hendon Hooker said after the game that he, he played okay. That he didn't play great, and I, I agree with that. He His stat line was phenomenal, but he didn't play great. He missed a lot of guys down the field. He missed on some third downs. Um and uh, and then when your defense can't get a stop, uh, that that's cause for problems. So you know we lose the Music City Bowl. I don't think that does anything to to, uh, to our momentum moving forward. Uh, Would have been nice to get that win. I think uh, if if Tennessee wins that game, we're probably ranked in the preseason top twenty five next year. We still might be. I could I could very much see that. Um, I just don't know that a bowl game has any bearing on the next season whatsoever. But it does uh, a little bit uh, in in terms of how things feel. Uh, um, but but still, I think we would all agree that moving ahead, Tennessee football is headed in the right direction. We feel good about it. Uh, uh, I don't know how much we talked the last couple of podcasts about the signing class, but uh, the uh, 2022 signing class, uh, of course, there's an early season signing class now. There's a, a late season signing class now that's coming up in the next few days. I think nobody even pays attention to it. It's next week. But everybody signs early now. And uh, Tennessee really was able to fill some holes. Uh, specifically, I wanted to, to mention three names to you. Justin Williams is a running back out of West Virginia. I suspect probably by the middle of the season he'll be the starting running back in Knoxville. Uh, he's he's a four star kid, a little bit bigger, faster, and I think uh, I think he's really going to fit that 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 role of a, a back that can kind of do it all, which we don't really have. Uh, Jabari Small's a, pre, uh, an, uh, he's an average SEC running back. He's not great, but. You know, he the guy had almost 200 yards rushing in the bowl game, so that's pretty phenomenal. But he's not a um, he's not a between the tackles runner. He's not a you need two yards, he'll get you three kind of guy. Justin Williams, on the other hand, is that kind of guy. He's not a big bruiser at all, uh, but he is enough of a bowling ball that he can run between the tackles. He's 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 quick, and so I'm really excited about him. Another name, James Pierce, defensive end. He was probably the last guy to say I'm in uh, at the early signing period. 
And the reason for that is interesting. Some of these bigger teams are trying to get him to hold off committing. Some of these, you know, Alabamas, Georgias, Floridas, they were trying to get him to not sign anywhere, mainly because um, he had had some grade issues they were a little bit worried about. Um, well, Tennessee feels like they've got a, a really good path to, to, to help him get through. Uh, he was just recently named uh, when the recruiting services updated everything and pretty much all the recruiting services, he was named a five-star defensive end. And if you think for a second, that may not be the weakest spot on Tennessee's football program. I think you need to take a second look. So getting a five-star guy in there, they just got to get him qualified, uh, Brent Hubbs and Austin Price, those guys say that Tennessee's got a good path to get that done. They feel really good about it. James Pierce could be the crown jewel of that that recruiting class once it's all said and done. And then one more name I want to mention, a wide receiver, 6'4", Caleb Webb. I don't know in this Hopple offense if if freshman wide receivers will ever contribute uh, in a large way. He does tend to like the older guys. Uh, but this guy's got a shot. He's six four. He's fast. Uh, we need someone to take that 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 position opposite of um, uh, the big wide receiver that had such a, such a big year this year. His name slips my mind right now. But uh, it was Hendon, he was Hendon Hooker's favorite target, easy, and um, kid out of Las Vegas. Uh, but but. Caleb Webb has that opportunity. So that's a name, three names I'll give you right there to pay attention to, to be excited about over this next class. Uh, it seems to be that we have taken away 10 scholarships. It looks like we have um, taken a 10 scholarship reduction for the 2021-22 school year as a result of the whole Pruitt fiasco. I think that's about to end. When the spring semester is over, Tennessee's going to get those 10 scholarships back. And I think what that's going to do is that is going to give us six more spots at the end of the spring semester that we can sign either high school kids, but more than likely it'll be portal kids, transfers, guys that can step in immediately that we feel good about. You're probably looking at a defensive lineman, uh, a linebacker, maybe two linebackers. I think that could be a position you take to um, a, a, a guy in the secondary, maybe two guys in the secondary, um, an offensive tackle, um, and, and maybe even another running back. And so that's kind of exciting news to know that we'll get six more. You, if you looked around, you've seen South Carolina, you've seen Arkansas kind of cleaning up in the portal, just kind of taking anybody and everybody. Kentucky's done some of that. Uh, Tennessee's not been able to do that because we've not had the scholarship numbers. We had to stay at 75 through the spring semester. But once that's over, um, all the freshmen will be coming onto campus. Uh, once they get here, we'll be at 79. The, the freshmen that have signed, that is, that, that leaves those six spots open. So that's kind of exciting. Some news that you may not be aware of. Um, you can look. You can look for UT to sign six more high school or portal players. All right, now we move into the the, the best part of our podcast. The whole reason we do that do it, and that's for the message. We call it the sports message because we talk about sports. But we have an important message in each podcast, and that is the message of Jesus Christ. Uh, we've been focusing on the word catalyst with our students the past few weeks, and um, we've been doing that because our disciple now weekend is coming up, and we call that week in catalyst because it's always about a change it's always challenging the the students to to change and more importantly than that to be the change agent which is what a catalyst is something like heat you introduce heat into into uh, chemicals and oftentimes things happen because the heat is the catalyst and makes things happen so last night um I, my my intern emory uh, was talking about esther 
and, and the story of Esther. And Esther was such a change agent. Um, she was scared to go, go before the king. Um, that There were some consequences to doing that without being invited to the king. There were some real consequences. But she, she was able to step up uh, in spite of her anxiety, go before the king and plead for him to save uh, the Jewish people. Uh, if you don't know that story, there was a man who was angling to basically have the king commit genocide and kill all the Jews, which is a common thread throughout history, of course. But um, that that's what was going on. Um, the Lord laid on Esther's heart, Queen Esther, that is, um, to go see the king, um, plead before him, and even tell him that she was a Jew, because he wouldn't have known that at that point, and, uh, and, and save her people. That's exactly what she did. Um, she was a catalyst for change, a catalyst uh, for uh, the people of God. And and you know, in our lives, we often need a catalyst. We need something to enter our life and change. And and, and I would I would subscribe to you today that, that that agent of change for all of us is Jesus Christ. He is the one that that gave up his life. He lived a perfect life. He he gave up his life and went to the cross and died for my sins. And because of that, I can be forgiven, and I, and I can have eternal life. And so that is my challenge to you today. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, get to know the catalyst. He's the, he's the ultimate catalyst in all of this world, and I encourage you to get to know him. Let me pray for you today. <coughs> Lord Jesus, thank you for this time with our audience. God, I pray that no matter where they're tuning in from, be it Florida or California or Chattanooga or Cleveland, um, or maybe somewhere around the world, as, as people on occasion have. God, I pray that you would be with these, these folks, these listeners. God, I pray that you would bless them. I pray that you would be with them in their, their moments of need. And Lord, I pray that each and every person would know you as their catalyst, as, as, as the God who saved them. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. That's the good word right there. Okay, moving on. Uh, Tennessee basketball. Uh, you know, this season's, um, it, it's certainly not been one for the record books, but it's not, uh, I mean, they're good. 14-5 and five is a good record. We just felt like they might be better than what they are, and that's okay. I feel like this team is improving. They are getting better. Some of that may be swayed by the early SEC schedule was absolutely treacherous. We were at, at Alabama without two of our best players. We were at Kentucky. Uh, we absolutely got hammered there, um, and then we were at uh, where was the other place we went to? Um, Alabama, Kentucky. Oh, and at LSU. Um, just three really, really tough places to play. Uh, we played really well against Alabama, considering the people we were missing, and should have won the game. Had the chance to win the game with a minute to go, had the lead, uh, and didn't get that done. Absolutely laid a royal egg at Kentucky. I'm excited. Here in a few weeks, we get them back in Knoxville. I'm excited to see if we can can change that, can switch roles there. A couple of years ago, we went to Kentucky and absolutely smashed them. And then they came to Knoxville and beat us. So you never really know. Um, it depends on who's playing, who's clicking, and how, how the team's rolling at that point. Um, and so I think a little bit of that early um, swoon was just a natural. Uh, they played some tough road games. And SEC road games are really, really hard to win. And so, but looking ahead at the schedule this Saturday, we play in the, the SEC big Big 12, Big 10, whatever it is, uh, challenge. We're at Texas. So home going for, for Coach Barnes uh, should be a good game. Texas is real good. And so uh, uh, be a good challenge for, for the Big Orange. Uh, need to win that game. 
Okay, we we need to win that game. We're we're at fourteen and five right now. You really need to get to to twenty to feel good about the tournament. Um, and, and you know, I'm gonna look at the schedule here, and you know, I feel like there's six wins on the schedule, but more than likely you're gonna you're gonna lose one you don't expect. Hopefully, you can win one you don't expect. Kind of write those off, and then and then this game right here is kind of a toss up to see whether you get to 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 nineteen or whether you get to twenty. Maybe you get to twenty one. Uh, I think those are 19 to 21 is probably our window. So looking ahead at the schedule at Texas this week, and then looking at the um, away games coming up, uh, we're at USC, okay, at South Carolina, at Mississippi State, which is always a tough place place to play, and they're pretty good, um, at Missouri and at Georgia. And so um, uh, four very winnable games. The Mississippi State game is probably going to be the toughest. Any road game that you win is good. So for me, Look at that and say we're we're better than all four of those teams, but they're on the road. Maybe we can get maybe we can, surely we'll get two wins out of that. Georgia's Georgia's horrible, but you know I mean they're an SEC level basketball team, so you better show up. Um, USC uh, USC's not very good either, but Frank Martin's teams are tough. Uh, and they'll be it'll be a rock fight. Uh, Mississippi State, like I said, is probably the toughest game in that. And then Mizzou uh, with Conzo, I mean, you know, he wants to beat Tennessee more than he wants to beat anybody. And they're gonna they're gonna come out tough. They're gonna come out hard. You know, they've they've given some teams a run for their money lately, even though they're not very good either. So that'll be a tough game as well. Looking at the home games coming up, we got Arkansas at home. We got Texas A and M at home. Vandy at home, Kentucky at home, and Auburn at home. So four out of those five games are really, really tough opponents. Luckily, they're in our home gym, and so uh, hopefully we can – you know, take care of business there. Uh, out of those five, you know, I think we get three for sure. You know, and so if I think we get two of the away games and three of the home games, that's that's five. We're fourteen, fourteen and five right now. That only gets us to nineteen wins. And so we got to find one somewhere we don't expect. Maybe we beat Texas this week. That would be number twenty. Uh, but but you got to feel good about getting in the tournament if you have twenty wins. Uh, if you don't have 20 wins, then then you kind of find yourself somewhere around that bubble each year. So, and then just the, the you know to me the story of the season so far uh, two names Euros Plavsic and and uh, Bob Vescovi Vescovi uh, in this new season we calling him calling him Vescovi. Uh, of course, you've heard the story on TV when he goes to restaurants in Knoxville. Santiago Vescovi is just too much of a mouthful, so he just tells them his name's Bob. And uh, so when they his Chick Fil A sandwich comes out they say order for bob and uh but but santiago has been unbelievable shooting the three this year he's the only guy that shoots at all any good uh, at all um and then euros euros is just developing as as kind of the uh hockey bad man the bill lambeer of this team where he's going to do the dirty work everybody's going to hate him but this team doesn't have an edge and and euros is 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 stepping in and becoming the guy with the edge he plays tight. Um, he's not very fluid. It's like Olivia Kamwa. You know, watch him play. He's just stiff. Uh, doesn't seem that athletic, although, I mean, these guys are super athletic. Um, you know, and uh, so I don't know what his his ceiling is in terms of how good he can really be on the basketball floor, but he, he's he's becoming the tough guy of the team. He's, he's not letting teams punk us, which I think might have happened a, a 
few times earlier in the season, and uh, that's not happening now, thanks to Euros. So, and every if you know anything about Euros, he's the ultimate team guy. Everybody loves Euros, and he has everybody's back, and now he's showing it on the court. So, pretty awesome stuff with Tennessee basketball. Uh, it should be an exciting, uh, well, hopefully it's an exciting finish to the season. This this team, at times, has been tough to watch and hasn't been very exciting. So, we'll see how that goes. <coughs> but, but best of luck to those guys. The NFL, of course, uh, Titans fans out there, uh, it ended uh, uh, in a pretty, uh, that was that was almost the most Tennessee way to lose if you were watching that game. Uh, you know, being a lot of Tennessee Titans fans are also Tennessee Vols fans, and, and to lose a game the way they did is just kind of the way it happens around here. So number one seed Tennessee Titans lose in the, uh, their first game of the playoffs, the second round of the playoffs. And uh, and there at the house, of course, my Falcons uh, meddling all year long, middling, I guess would be the word, middling all year long. Just not very good, but not bad enough to, to really uh, to really get a draft position to make a difference. I think they're like 8th or 10th in the draft, so they're not even going to get anybody that's going to make a huge difference there. Um can't really draft a future quarterback at eight or, or ten. You got to be at one or two for that. And so, um, um, you know, Titans and Falcons just kind of season just kind of petered out for them. And uh, now they're to the off season. And then finally, as we wrap up, um, some local sports. I know I know some folks uh, tune in. I've got text messages over the over the past few months or whatever. People tune in sometimes and say, "Hey, this is how I find out what's going on at home." So thanks for doing the local sports roundup. I don't always, since I don't teach anymore, I don't always you know, know what's going on, but I can find it. You know, at least some basic things in the paper. Uh, start with wrestling. Uh, Cleveland is the number one ranked team in the state right now. Bradley is number five. Uh, I, I, I took my boys to their first wrestling match the other day. It was a Bradley-Cleveland game at Bradley, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Both teams are really good, but Cleveland's clearly still ahead of Bradley. Uh, those of you that went to school with me or or that went to school maybe in my first you know, six or eight years teaching, you know, it's surprising that Cleveland's ahead of us because we were the, always the dominant school. But it flipped several years ago, and Cleveland has been the dominant team, and they, they really have it going on right now. Bradley's really good, too. I mean, fifth in the state, and that includes the, the private schools. So Baylor's second, Father Ryan's third, something like that. Um, you know, Bradley might be the, the second or third overall public school. Um, and then congratulations to the Walker Valley Mustangs. They won their district. Okay, Brad, neither Bradley nor Cleveland are in that district, so let me say that. Uh, but they won their district, which is fantastic for that program. Coach Al up there, all those guys. Matt Panky, if you're listening, congratulations to you being a Walker Valley alumni wrestler. Um, that, that's big time for your alma mater. Uh, and then, then finishing up with basketball, just uh, the local um, standings, Bradley. The Bradley, we'll start with girls. Bradley girls always uh, really, really good. 19-2 and two on the season. They're 8-0 in the district. Uh, the Cleveland girls are 16-5, and five, so they're having a great season. They're only 6-1 and one in the district. And then the uh, Walker Valley Mustangs, Lady Mustangs, 12-11, and 11, and they are 3-4 and four in the district. Now on the boys' side, uh, the, the Bradley Bears are 12-7. and seven. They are 5-3 and three in the district. The Cleveland Raiders are 8-12, and 12, and they are 4-3 and three in the district, so they're just a half game behind the Bears. And then Walker Valley is 16-6, and six, and they are 5-2 and two in the district. So that would put them a... A half game ahead of Bradley and a uh, full game ahead of Cleveland, I suppose. So um, that's what's going on. A couple weeks left in the season. I think there is another Bradley Cleveland matchup coming up in basketball real soon. I think it got postponed last week because of snow. Um, 
So, anyways, that's the local roundup. That's uh, Tennessee sports, a little bit of NFL, of course, baseball. There's not much going on with the with the lockout right now. There has been some movement on the um, negotiation stuff. Uh, it's not close, I don't think yet, but there are some hopeful people out there saying. They might get it. They might get it done before spring break starts. So I, I don't know. That feels a little bit optimistic to me, but uh, I, I certainly aren't in the inside and out of all that. So uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed that they can get that done. That they can get a full spring break in. That nothing, nothing, nothing would um, upset the apple cart of this Atlanta Braves run that we're about to be on after winning our first World Series. I remember back in the early '90s. When we kind of turned the page and we'd we'd gone from worst to first, we'd won the pennant. We'd 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 been in that uh, fantastic World Series against was it the Blue Jays or the Twins, one of those two teams. Uh, and then like the next year, the year after was the strike, and the whole season just kind of went away. And we lost a season of those really really dominant Atlanta Braves teams. So I'm, I pray that doesn't happen this time around because we're in that window again. Um, and it's an exciting time to be a Braves fan. So uh, we'll keep our eye on that. Uh, again, thanks for tuning in to the Sports Message, a lot lot shorter show. That's kind of what I want to do if when I'm by myself, 20 minutes or less, because um, that's all you need of me uh, for sure. But thanks for tuning in. I hope you have a blessed day, and uh, we'll, we'll hopefully catch you next week on the Sports Message.